You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Welcome back to Private Parts Unknown, a podcast that explores love and sexuality around the world. I'm Courtney Kosak. And I'm Sophia Alexandra. And today you're going to take a cup of ayahuasca with me, privates. Oh, shit. It's another episode of Mind Trip, privates. Yeah. The wheels fall off today because your fearless leader gets really high. And then it's like, okay, are we all stuck here? Or are we going to be okay after this? <laughs> I don't think that is how it felt interviewing you about your first ayahuasca experience. But it was definitely like interviewing someone that just fell in love and like suddenly every love song makes sense to them. You know what I mean? (laughs) Totally. It feels like that a little bit. Yeah. And I'm like, and I was like, "Mm, maybe do you want to wait a little before we record this? And you're like, no, I can't forget it. (laughs) Here's the deal. Will I gain a lot more perspective when I'm four months out like Alex? Yes. But if you want to listen to a really well-articulated interview about someone's ayahuasca experience, just go back one episode. (laughs) That's all you have to do. Because so far in our Mind Trip series, we have talked to the founder and director of marketing of Psychedelic Water. That was our first episode. They talk about their product. Ben Rogel talks about how psilocybin actually saved his life when he was recovering after a concussion. And then in the second episode, our friend Alex talks about his first ceremony or weekend of ceremonies doing ayahuasca and kind of integrating that experience into his life in the months that have followed. And now we're on the third episode and it's time for me to try to articulate my first ayahuasca experience And Soph interviewed me literally like two days after it happened. So you're getting this fresh, super fresh. So listen, this is not going to be your most coherent, articulate, thoughtful coaxed. You get that on other episodes. This is coaxed responding immediately after the experience. So... uh, There's going to be a lot of non sequiturs and tangents, and that's okay. I really was inspired. Michael Pollan has this thing where he tries to write about his trip and tries to express it as clearly as he can, but it's hard, right? If you're trying to do it immediately after, it's like a very circuitous kind of journey. So to try to tell other people about this whole trip you took in your mind is really complicated. So Hopefully there is some good nuggets in here, but I appreciate you sticking with me (laughs) on this episode. Yeah, and I just want to add two things. One, that I think this is to me more of like a diary entry kind of that we're being let in on. So it's not the kind of experience that you get from listening to Alex's story, but it is valuable in a lot of ways, one of which is showing what your brain is trying to do with all of the information you just downloaded and trying to find your answers 
to say out loud is kind of similar to what it was like for you to have the experience. So it's almost like onomatopoeia or something where... <laughs> yeah, it's a good reflection of what the experience feels like, I think, the hearing me try to search for how to describe it. Yeah, like it sounds like... What it is. What it is, which is, yeah. So I, I really love that about it. And I think listening to you have those realizations too almost in real time is pretty cool. And the second thing I wanted to add was that before we just jump in, we are not doctors. We are curious seekers. We're comedians. We're journalists. So basically don't take advice from us about doing psychedelics. Definitely do your own research. Check with a healthcare professional. And if you, like me, are on SSRIs, definitely, definitely talk to your psychiatrist about how to cycle down or off before you do ayahuasca or whatever they deem necessary. You should not be taking anyone else's advice on this unless they're an expert and you should always do your own research. Okay, that's it. Have fun. That's right. Have fun, privates, because we're taking you on another mind, mind trip. <laughs> All right. Post-mortem on the ayahuasca experience. What do you want to know, Sophia? So, Courtney, oh my God, I'm so excited to sit down and talk to you about this ayahuasca experience. I'm a whole new person. I know. You sent me the most lovey-dovey text at 2.30 in the morning on Saturday. <laughs> and I was like, this is a whole new bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to read the text? <laughs> I will. I will, because it also made me laugh because I did not understand what you were talking about. <laughs> and I think that on its own is pretty funny. So you you sent this text. You said, I love you so much. You're wonderful. I'm so grateful we're on this journey together. You're my John. I can't wait to tell you about this magical experience. We must record today. Heart. And then I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, Cokes, I love you. Who is John? <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. And then you're like, LOL, Lennon. And I was like, oh, I was thinking like I hired you as an escort. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would know because we had just been talking about the Get Back Beatles documentary. And we were, but we were not talking about, that about before. But that wasn't like the last conversation we had before you tripped. No, I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, listen, I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, I was. You were the first person I texted. I sent Wade a little text. And then I sent my editor at Inside Hook, Diane, who is a friend of mine from my essay writing world, a text because she was like checking in on a story. She's like, what's your status with this? And I was like, hey, I'm just coming back to Earth post ayahuasca, yada, yada. And then I like told her how much I love her. <laughs> and then she was like, she emailed me today. She was like, this is hysterical. <laughs> I'm so glad I know you too. <laughs> that is so funny. I was going to say, Courtney doesn't really send a heart emoji only when I'm like, when I had cancer or, or or when you need me to do something for work, but you think it'll sound nicer if you put a heart after. Oh, that is so not fair and accurate. 
Those are not calculated hearts. Those are legit. <laughs> okay, listen. I know all about the old Courtney. I want to meet this new post-ayahuasca Courtney. So first things first, how did you find how you were going to do it? And what was the actual, like, the logistics of the thing? Like, how long did it take, etc.? Okay, so... I had been kind of wanting to do ayahuasca for a long time. You know, I'm into psychedelics. I've done shrooms a number of times, but I haven't done them in like five. Well, I guess I have, but I hadn't done like a serious trip in like four or five years. And I was about to do it. And then the pandemic hit. And then I was like, shit, okay, maybe not. (laughs) So I was hype on ayahuasca and our friend Alex told me that he was going to do it and that he'd found a place in California and I wasn't going to have to go to Peru or whatever to try it, which was perfect because I was like, that'll save you a lot of money. I know. And I do. I want to go to Peru and like, I would love to go to Peru with you and do it. And that's like on my bucket list for the next six months, hopefully. But I was very happy that I could do it kind of locally first right? And kind of ease my way in. And it was a two night thing instead of, you know, if you go down to the jungle, it's usually like five nights or like even 10 nights or, you know, you're down there for like a week usually. And I was like, man, this is like maybe an easier way to to start. But I will say uh, the people that were leading this were wonderful and just such loving healers, really. And that was lucky. That was really lucky because I listened to a bunch of stuff to prepare. I did a bunch of research before going into this. And one of the things that I listened to was a podcast called Cover Story. And it's about kind of the underbelly of psychedelics. Ayahuasca is a proven treatment for coping after traumatic experiences like sexual abuse, sexual assault. It's known to help cure addiction. Like there are some real psychological benefits to it, but set and setting is everything. And like who you choose to do it with is so important and it can be really risky. So in cover story, I mean, it starts with one of the co-hosts, Lily K. Ross went to the jungle and she was actually raped like right off the bat, (laughs) as soon as she got down there. And it was not her first psychedelic experience. And I think that she thought she was going somewhere safe. And so that's fucking terrifying. It's terrifying. And all that to say, it colored my first night. So I go there. I'm very excited to have the experience. Is that where you were thinking about before you went in? Um, It was in the back of my head. So I went to the location And, you know, there's about 20 people participating and I didn't know what I was getting into, but I'd talked to Alex and he said that he had a wonderful experience and he felt very safe. So I felt comfortable doing it because of that, but I knew there it's a risk. It's like, everything's a risk. And so I wanted to be as prepared as possible and just know that that was a possibility. So I guess I was heightened going into it. But a really cool uh, leader, host person met me when I got there, gave me the tour. And then a couple hours later, the ceremony started. 
And I think we were talking about this before you left for your trip. And you were telling me there's different options for different intentions that you can set. Do you want to go through them? Because I thought that was so fascinating. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So intentions are really important because you can get lost in the journey. And in fact, that happened to someone on the second night that I witnessed or I I was kind of in my own world, but I heard about it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'd done a lot of research. And one of the things that I learned was that, you know, intentions can be really powerful for this. And I did go into it wanting to make some changes. I'm just trying to be a better person. And also, I want to quit smoking weed, to be totally honest. <laughs> Just the smoking element of it is not very healthy, so I'm trying to quit. So I knew that that was going to be one of my things that I was working on. And one of the intentions that kind of caught my eye as I was doing my research was show me what I have become is like a popular early intention when you're working with a medicine. And I was like, oh, that's so intriguing. I would love to know what I've become. The other part of that, show me what I've become, that I was toying with was what's in my way. And so when I got there, there was a little kind of orientation with the people that were new to it. Some people had been sitting for ceremonies for like two and a half years, or, you know, some of the leaders have been doing it for like eight years, nine years, whatever. And one of those people gave a little orientation. Then we went around the room and everyone was kind of talking about their intentions. And so when, when we were going around the room, someone who went before me had said something about working on their self-limiting beliefs. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. I feel like blocks, self-limiting beliefs, what's in my way, that's the kind of the language that I want to use. So that was my intention on the first night, like broadly to learn and then more specifically, like show me my self-limiting beliefs or blocks that are holding me back. So that's where I landed on that. So we went up, we go up like two by two, you get a little one ounce of the medicine. It's always called the medicine. And I used to think that was really funny. I was like, it's drugs, guys. <laughs> but it's not drugs, it's medicine. It really is. <laughs> um, so, oh, I chose a spot under this big portrait of Mother Aya. Corny, if you start calling your diet Red Bulls, medicine I'm gonna be really upset with you well I it was extra funny too because I'm working on a joke about I went to get injectables when I was in Texas and the woman who's <laughs> doing face injections was like um okay so where are we gonna put the medicine she kept calling it the medicine and I was like this is literally poison <laughs> what are you <laughs> So, but let's just be clear. I do believe ayahuasca is medicine. So I chose a spot under Mother Aya. That, that was an open spot. And I felt like it was kind of like symbolic. There was a chick roaming around in like a long white linen dress. Oh, they told you to wear white, which Alex was like, just wear something comfortable. He's like, I overdid it and wore like a crisp white shirt. Not the best idea. <laughs> I love that he was, like, wearing an interview outfit to, to I know, trip. I know. Not comfortable. <laughs> um, there was a dude with tights and white shorts and a white long sleeve shirt who was with the white linen dress girl. That was, like, amazing. So after we got our medicine, we all drank the first cup together. And they have little grapes that you can chase it with. 
which does make it go down way easier. And the medicine tastes like uh, motor oil, tree bark, and coolant. So it's delicious. <laughs> and, um, motor oil and coolant? Yeah. How do you know? There's just like a little sweetness. Like. <laughs> well, how it smells. Okay. I don't drink motor oil. I don't but think But also, I didn't should. know you were such a car gal. Anyway, <laughs> go on. Oh, I'm a motorhead. <laughs> um, this one guy pukes immediately right after we drink. Damn. So he had to take another dose. Oh, and right... Okay, so right before we start on the first cup on the first night, I got really lucky. There were cool people on both sides of me. Ayahuasca is really big with the 50 and 60-something dudes. <laughs> um, but this one guy that was sitting next to me, who's actually like a successful, I found out, business guy in LA. He was like, something about how cute my smile was, you know, because I was excited. And the way that he phrased it was just, it reminded me of A, how my grandma said, that my smile was before and how people described my grandma's smile and how my aunts had said at her funeral that we looked alike in that way. And so then Aww, I was like... you do have a really great smile. Thank you. But that like put me in that headspace immediately, right? And a lot of people are doing ayahuasca to commune with their dead loved ones. It wasn't necessarily my intention, but she was a big part of both nights for me. So for probably the first, <laughs> I don't know, 30 minutes, I cried about my grandma. Aww. And I had some like beautiful takeaways about it though. You know, I, I almost missed saying goodbye to her. And like, I have a lot of regrets about not going back as much. But when I'm realistic with myself, you know, I was a poor artist and like I couldn't afford to go back as much as I, you know, and but some of it was me. And so I have like some guilt about that. And I have, yeah, just some guilt about just the whole way it ended, even though I was so lucky that I got to be there for her passing. And I also had the thought of like, I wish she would know me now because I feel like I'm such a, so much <laughs> better of a person now than I was five years ago. And then I was like, oh, what's changed in five years? And I was like, remembered how after she passed is kind of like what made me open to being with Wade. Because remember, I was like obsessed with that other dude. Yeah. And we sort of ended things right after we got back. I was like, life's too short to <laughs> be with a fuck boy. And then I, I broke things off with him, but I was kind of hoping we would get back together and then there was a whole other thing about just like Wade was with me the way that my grandpa was with my grandma in ways that would take too long to explain right now. But just all of that made me kind of open to the relationship. And it's been really wonderful for me, right? By far the best person for you that I've ever seen. Yeah, he's been a really great partner and like allowed me to grow in some wonderful ways. So that was like a really cool realization. And one of the things that the shaman said on the second night is that the flip side of grief is praise. And I think that 
kind of applies to some of the realizations that I had, like, especially with that, it's like, okay, very sad that my grandma's not here. And like, I wish I could talk to her as an adult, like a real adult. Like I have so many questions now or like things that I would like to know or like know what she thought about it or like a little piece of history that I would like to know. I think the same stuff about my grandpa too. Yeah. But like life doesn't always work like that. And like sometimes you get, you know, these other unintended things come out of it too, like my relationship with Wade. So that was like kind of a lovely way to start. Oh, this was so fucking funny, Sophia. So there was a guy a couple spots away from me, also a guy in his like 60s or something. And, you know, everyone's silent when you're starting. You go, you sit down at your mat or lay down or whatever for like 30 minutes and kind of wait for it to kick in. And this is kind of when I was reflecting, starting to reflect on my grandma. But <laughs> this guy starts to be like, hmm, hmm, hmm. <laughs> and he just like, keeps mm, and whatever. And then one of the leaders gets up and they're very delicately just going over there to check. Shut the fuck up, Greg. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) But then he goes, he kept going, I need to void. I need to void. I need to void. I need to void. (laughs) It was so funny. I wanted to laugh so bad. I maybe did a little bit. Does that mean like throwing up or shitting? Shitting. He was like, I thought he was going to shit his pants. And then he didn't. He wound up during the sharing circle. I found out he did not shit his pants. So someone else was like, yeah, that's really common. (laughs) (gasps) No. Not that it actually happens, but sometimes you think you are and you aren't. But I'll tell you what. Well, as long as it doesn't happen. I Sometimes you do need to go. I made it to the toilet every time. Yeah. So the music was fucking awesome. Alex told me the music was awesome. And I was like, oh, yeah, like for real or just because you're high. But the music's legit awesome. What was the music like? There are definitely some indigenous influences and a lot of percussion. And there's like some original music that the shaman does. And merrily, 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 merrily. Life is but a dream. We all sing really? together. Yeah. But it was dope. Fascinating. You know, you're already in all your memories anyway. So you're like, oh, it brings you back to your childhood. And you're like, oh, fuck yeah. Oh, anyway. I definitely want to go there. Oh, Sophia, we have to go. Also, I want to go with you. And then I feel like this could change Max's life and maybe your relationship. So just put a pin in that. Merrily, 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 Hey, Cokes, how are you and Wade doing? Oh my God, Sophia's cock looks amazing. Okay, not what I asked, but go on. Well, I can just hardly help but tell everybody I meet because he started using original boner gel. And I gotta tell you, it's the ultimate skincare for men to rejuvenate their golden rod. And I gotta look at that thing this weekend. I mean, I'm speechless. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear a real testimonial. Is that an overshare? 
No, I needed a testimonial from a friend because I've been reading about Original Boner Gel and it is the most advanced luxury skincare product for men, specifically targeting your skincare needs below the belt. OBG's naturally inspired breakthrough formula uses collagen, organic vitamin E oil, apple stem cells, and Butia Superba to remove wrinkles and make your cock look beautifully hydrated. So I gotta ask, Cokes, does Wade's cock look 10 years younger? Oh my God, 12 at least. And it <laughs> smells delicious. The delicious smell of OBG, it gets you so horny. It's like an immediate aphrodisiac because it's made from the finest essential oil. You know what I love about OBG? I love that it can function as a high quality oil-based lube. So you can rub one out as you give your cock a facelift. That's actually my favorite part about OBG. It's so multidimensional, it can just shift into being a lube. So you're ready at any moment. And privates, we have a deal for you because Original Boner Gel is offering our listeners 20% off your order when you go to OriginalBonerGel.com and enter code PRIVATE at checkout. That's OriginalBonerGel.com and use code PRIVATE to get 20% off your new favorite dick skincare. Wait, you've come a long way. We're doing a whole ad about your dick. <laughs> He's a star. You're a star. He's doing a dance. He's doing a dance. <laughs> a polishing dance. <laughs> oh my God. I'm loving it. I'm picturing like car wash kind yes, of motions. That's exactly. Okay, great. <laughs> Originalbonergel.com, code private. Yeah, there are like guardians. There's this guy who's like fucking phenomenal at being a caretaker. And then I found out later he's Polly. And I was like, oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course he is. <laughs> but he seriously looks out for everybody. Yeah, he knows how to take care of people. You don't have many partners if you don't know how to do that. I know. It was dope. It was dope. He does little dance breaks between like picking up puke buckets and stuff. <laughs> He was awesome. Okay, so wait, we're still in the first cup, right? So we yes. did the first cup. I was like feeling it, but low key. And also, so like I said, I'd listened to that cover story podcast and I was in this headspace. And even though I already was getting good vibes off of everybody, I felt safe. I didn't want to get raped. <laughs> That's legit. So I just, that was in the back of my mind. And like the dudes around me were really cool. But there was one time where I think this older guy who was honestly just so gentle and there was no ill intent. But at one point I thought he was going to touch me. And I wouldn't have minded if I would have known him a little bit better. And, and he didn't wind up making his way over to me. But I like recoiled and like was in the fetal position and was like not trying to make it clear that I was not open to receiving that. So basically this end of the second night, he was like, oh, I so wanted to, you know, just like reach out to you and say like, it's okay, just let go. That's what he wanted to do. But it looked like it was scary. Someone's coming into your energy. He was yeah. reaching for me and like coming towards my mat. So I was like, no. <laughs> and I made it clear with my body language. And I was like, oh, I was not in the right headspace for that. But I appreciate your intent is what I said at the end of the second night. And 
that was kind of an interesting thing too, is like there were a couple times and the shaman reflected on that. And and the shaman wasn't even involved in this scenario that I'm describing right now. And he was like, but it's like that in life, right? Like we don't always know someone's intent. And sometimes it's not what we think it is. And so that was just kind of like a great illustration for me. And I wound up just in reflection on it being like, I'm glad that I was being protective of myself the first night, even though I maybe didn't have as much fun as I could have. So anyway, I love that guy. He's actually, when they left the second night, I was like, oh my God, can I get your number? So like, I want to make sure I can see you again. So it totally wasn't about that person. But I guess it made me just a, glad that I'm risk averse in the ways that I, you know, I'm not that risk averse because I'm there doing ayahuasca, <laughs> but I'm risk averse enough. Like I'm a grown woman. I'm just looking out for myself. And I was happy that I had that instinct. And then, so we go up for the second round. There's two rounds. So we go up for the second cup. How long does each round last? Uh, like two hours, two and a half. Okay. And then they like interview you, you know, the person who's pouring to see kind of where you're at. Like, how much more do you need? How much more can you tolerate? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, how do they decide how to dose you? So they have kind of a standard, but they definitely deviate depending on your needs. But she was like, how is the medicine? And I gave an incoherent answer. But anyway, she was like, okay, that's all the information I need to know. Here's a tiny cup. (laughs) 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 So, oh, and I was also asking her, I was like, should I take this on the toilet? Because I don't know if something might come out and I really don't know what hole like... (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) So I did. She was like, yeah, maybe if you feel like that. (laughs) And I did defecate immediately. Cokes, can you believe it's 2022? I mean, what is happening? I know. But the good thing is, is it is a time for new beginnings And it's probably time that you bring that attitude to the bedroom, especially because Valentine's Day is coming up. Ooh, yeah, I'm ready to start fresh in the bedroom. The Valentine Couples Box is a one-stop shop for all your sexy Valentine's Day essentials. Don't waste hours researching lubes, vibrators, and accessories. Just grab a Valentine Couples box and you will be all set for a spectacular night. She's not kidding because the box has everything. I mean, literally everything. You can paint each other with edible chocolate CBD body paint and have each other for dessert. Yum. If you are a fan of nipple play like your girl here, you can make each other's night with a fun feather tickler or sex kitten nipple bells, which I love they're adjustable and you just don't really get nipple clamps and boxes very often because they don't think freaky people are out there i guess i don't know well we're out here and those nipple bells are so dope super hot and you can even enhance your sex with some vibration the couples box comes with a beautiful heart-shaped vibrator and your choice of a dual arousal cock ring or a red rose anal plug and you know your girls love anal plugs (laughs) yeah we do But I do want to highlight the heart-shaped vibrator because it's from Zalo, and that's one of our favorite sex toy companies. 
It's really, really nice and beautifully detailed, like 24 karat gold details. Like they're not fucking around in a lot of vibration patterns. And it is pretty strong. It's like a really great little hideaway vibrator. Plus, like a kitten has you covered when it comes to lube. Y'all are going to be slip sliding around the bedroom because you can choose from their pure four pack lube essentials kit or bliss anal glide lube. Ooh, sexy. It's really a great box to break those habits that have gotten stale in the bedroom. Plus, it comes with two erotic games, which are really fun to inspire you to play in different ways. One is a box of sex position cards and includes such hits as tuck and grind, sea turtle, (laughs) upside down cake, tightened embrace, and the figurehead. (laughs) If you need me, I'll be doing the sea turtle for the next 200 years. Like a Kitten's mission is to help women own their power in all areas of life. A portion of all sales goes to charities that focus on women's empowerment, education, and health. So you can feel good about feeling good. I love a good mission. And right now, Like a Kitten is offering our listeners 20% off and free shipping when you go to likeakitten.com slash private or enter code private at checkout. Surprise your partner with an amazing Valentine couples box. Just go to likeakitten.com slash private or use code private to get 20% off. Likeakitten.com slash private. The link is in this episode's description. So Courtney, it's your first night. You took your first cup. You got in the pep talk. Things start happening. How did you notice that your thoughts were starting to change based on the medicine taking effect? Hmm. Well, it's kind of a slow ramp up. And it's also a very individual experience from what I understand. No two people's Reactions are the same. Immediately after we drank, someone puked, like I said. But I didn't puke until after the second cup. So, like, you know, it's very... Everyone's different, but for you. For me. I would say, thoughts-wise, that was more, like, right before the second cup. Mm. And it was less like my thoughts got super weird. I never felt like out of control of my thoughts. There were things that I thought that surprised me, but I never felt like I lost control. And I would say what did happen towards the end, right before my second cup is like the music starts, right? So there's like percussion happening and percussion can evoke emotions just regular, right? Like it makes you feel some type of way. So I feel like that definitely enhances the experience and breathing, you know, some kinds of breathing can change your thinking a little bit in a way, but there definitely was some alteration as we were approaching the second cup. One thing I did that I think is bad that I didn't do the second night, but I was trying to remember so hard and I was trying to articulate everything in language. I knew I was going to do this episode. I knew I was reporting on this. So I was like clinging a little bit, you know. It was hard for you to be in the moment and record the moment for for later. Yeah, exactly. And a couple times I went downstairs to this little area where our stuff is and I like took out my phone towards the beginning because I was still 
functional and like made a couple notes of things that I didn't want to forget. And that I feel like kind of took me out a little bit. And I went down and I did that right before the second cup too, or actually right after. And that was the last time I went down, but this is fucking hilarious, Sophia. Do you know what I wrote for myself (laughs) that I was thinking at the time? Yeah, please tell me what the brilliant note was that you didn't want to forget. Well, at the moment I was like, I don't know, maybe ayahuasca doesn't have any feedback for me. Like maybe I'm good. (laughs) That's the note you took? This is what I wrote. I did ayahuasca and it was like, no notes. You're good. You're wow, perfect. Wow, the arrogance. <laughs> what a narcissist, right? <laughs> the arrogance. Oh my God. Ayahuasca is like, you are perfect. Way to go, bitch. Um, That's hilarious. No, so obviously there was something nasty coming around the bend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I thought like, you know, Dalai Lama, you, you know, just right up there really getting, getting close. (laughs) Dolly Cokes. (laughs) So Ayahuasca actually did have a couple notes. um, And (laughs) at this point, both nights, I was like shitting my brains out. I feel like that's kind of my natural you know, I'm. You purge through your butthole. I purge through my butthole. If we're yeah, gonna be. I throw up. <laughs> my body is like, you have to immediately. You throw are. Up. You are a and throw up you, person. Yeah, and you are a shitting person. <laughs> I don't love that about myself, but. Hey, no talks. one wants to be a puker, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's hard to do this all in order because the key to me being able to access this experience isn't linear was to let go right oh this is another great thing it breaks down your ego right or like it allows you to see behind your ego or Mm -hmm. "Mm, I need to probably interview a few more scientists before I have the perfect phrasing for that (laughs) but I was pleased to know that my sense of humor is strong that bitch is not going anywhere (laughs) she is there for the duration I was like amusing myself to no end. (laughs) Were you laughing at your own like mind's creations? Yes. I was laughing at my own little jokes. I was like, hey, still funny. You still got it. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Doesn't sound like that ego got dismantled much. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to get there. We're going to get there. But yeah. So after the no notes, I was like dying about myself. I was like, you are the worst. (laughs) (laughs) so I went upstairs and I was like how about you sit down and try to take a note for a second (laughs) and I really did not want to throw up that was like a huge thing on my first night is just like I had a fear about it who likes to throw up nobody does right Mm -mm. so I did throw up after the second cup but I got like bugs in my eyes before I purged um, so Is I kind like of like a euphemism. No, I got the visual of bugs in my eyes. Like I knew it was coming. What do you mean? Like ants? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. Like ants. Like spots or actual bugs? Like ants, kind of spider type of deals. Okay. Ants and spiders are really different. I would say more like ants. They were black bugs. Okay. Yeah. 
I don't know how many legs they had. Maybe six. <laughs> it might have been a mixture. Is it like that one Orkin commercial where you think that like a cockroach is crawling across your screen? It was crawling across. They were little bugs, but they were crawling across my eyes like that. Yeah. Yeah. And then until like the Orkin man hits it, you really think it's on your TV. Yeah. I mean, it didn't feel like it, but it looked like there were bugs in my eyes. Like it was a visual thing. And then I just knew that it was coming and I puked up my Taco Bell. (laughs) Which I'd already, <laughs> I had two chalupas, black bean chalupas going into it. Cause I was, st- I tried to, Alex was like, you got to fast for fucking ever. I wish I would have fasted for longer. And I think him and I have two different definitions of fasting. Like I'm a purist. And so to me, that's like water fasting as much as possible. And so I hadn't really eaten anything that day. And then it got to be like, I don't know, 4.30 or 5 or whatever. And I was like, fuck, I need to eat. I just felt like I needed to eat. And I'm glad I did, even though I puked up one of my favorite foods. And (laughs) the guy next to me was like, good job. That Taco Bell had to come up. (laughs) That's hilarious. So they're like cheering me on. They're like, way to go. You did it. (laughs) Love the supportive environment. I know. It was amazing. And... Then I was really in my intention. I kept going back to it. It's a very like circular experience for me anyway. And I went, was going back to my intention. Like, what are my blocks? What are my self-limiting beliefs? Like, what is holding me back? What can I work on? And the main answer that came to me in the second cup, and the music really ramps up at this point. So like, it's... Merrily, 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 life is but a dream. And you're like singing like, love surrounds you. (laughs) And people are like, that's the best song. That's the best song I've ever heard. This girl (laughs) said. And then I got this message like right at the end, like literally 10 minutes before they were closing the ceremony, which doesn't mean like you're sober, but you're, you're probably more sober at that point. And everyone kind of unwinds at their own time. So the message that I got was, don't get addicted to the hard parts. And it was so clear. It came to me just like that. Damn. Almost fully. And I didn't want to forget. This is one thing I for sure didn't want to forget, right? I was like, this is the message. And so there were, you know, the guys on either side. And I was like, eh, and you don't know kind of how loud you're talking because you sort of lose touch with that. Um, but I was like, hey, I want to tell you this so I don't forget it or whatever. And then they were like, do you want to tell me something? I, I said, I got a message and it's don't get addicted to the hard parts. And they were like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. And then later when we went out post when the ceremony had officially ended and people are you know, eating some snacks in the kitchen and stuff. He was like, that's a really good one. And then we kind of like debriefed on that a little bit. And I was like, yeah, I just feel like, you know, with my career, it's like I have been doing things for survival. And even like, I love podcasting. All right, privates. Seth knows this. We have been doing this since 2013 as just like a vehicle for comedy. And I think that this is an incredible medium. But like... 
And there are other things, survival jobs. And there are jobs that I've even taken in podcasting that almost disguise themselves as like a career opportunity I want. And then you kind of get stuck in the space and you don't grow to where you want to go. But it's like you get addicted to the hardness or the drama or the something of it, the challenge to yourself, at least for me. And it was like a great reminder, just like you can appreciate the things that brought you to that point and then let go. That's a really beautiful message. And I think it could apply to a lot of things. Like I wish my mom would do ayahuasca and get that same message because, you know, for so long, like as an immigrant and as a single parent, like Mm -hmm. we were living the life of like survival and just working, you know, only being able to make it from like day to day, paycheck to paycheck, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Any one thing could completely upset our life or, you know, result in us being on the street. So that like stress. Which is legit. Yeah. Which is like, it's like the same thing as the rape thing, right? It's like, I have that instinct because I'm trying to protect myself. It actually makes you feel like very warm to your inner self. You're like, you're just doing the best you can. And that's actually one of the songs. The music's really beautiful. Set and setting is fucking everything. So I just want to tell you all, do not do ayahuasca or any psychedelic if you feel like you are not in a safe, loving, welcoming space. But this so was. And even the messages in the music would like feed into your experience. And one of them was everyone's just doing the best that they can. Like, forgive me. I forgive you. We're all just trying to do the best we can. And that was kind of just a beautiful thing to be reacquainted with in myself and in other people. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. And I think, yeah, not being addicted to the hard part. It's, you know, it's me telling my mom, like, let go. You don't have to feel in that fight or flight state any longer. Things have changed. Things are better. You have to adjust to the new reality. Mm -hmm. And it's like what you have to tell yourself, like, you are not the same person from 2013. Right. You're not an apartment manager anymore. <laughs> you know. You have a partner, you know, you're, it's different. You're in a different place. Totally. And I was like so stoked on that message. It's not like the whole thing was like this complete bliss. You know, people keep saying in these interviews and just in all the research that I've done, like, it's not a panacea and it's not, it's not going to fix everything for you. You have to meet it halfway. And that's why... The intentions are so important, but even for the negative parts of that first night and even for all of my arrogance and whatever, getting that message just felt like, ah, I have this new tool or I have this new framing and I'm so grateful for it. And so I was super stoked to come back for the second night. Okay, January just happened and I'm already so stressed out. And I think now is the time to remember that sometimes doing less can lead to so much more. Dipsy Stories agrees. They believe less in analyzing and more in feeling your feelings. I agree too. I have definitely been focused on doing less stressing and more easing into things. You know, less scrolling and more savoring the moment less pressure and more pleasure. You know what I mean? Okay, sew that on a pillow. (laughs) Or head on over to Dipsy Stories because Dipsy Stories is an app full of sexy audio stories. And now they even have brand new written stories, which, Sophia, that is right up your alley. That's my shit. You know how excited I am? That's literally... (laughs) 
That's the OG way to jerk off and I still prefer it. I'll be honest. (laughs) Well, no matter what format you like or who you're into or what turns you on, Dipsy helps bring the stories to life anytime, anywhere. Just close your eyes and let yourself get lost in a world where only good things happen and pleasure is your only priority. Explore your fantasies in a safe, shame-free way. There are hundreds of stories to choose from, and they release new content every week. So there's always more to explore. And they have a newsletter, so they'll even send you sexy updates on what's new. And they have wellness sessions, which will help you wind down and explore, and sleep sessions to help you drift off. So for listeners of this show, Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash private. That's 30 days of full access for free when you go to dipsystories.com slash private. That's dipsystories.com slash private. See you in the sheets. Meow. So yeah, let's move on to the second night. Yeah, let's move on to the second night. So, and then there was a sharing circle in between. So like the afternoon, on Saturday afternoon, people got together in the room and kind of went around and shared their experiences and what happened. And I missed the very first part of that, but I got the second part and I got to do my own sharing. And that's where I learned, you know, the guy that was like, I need to void, I need to void. (laughs) Kind of (laughs) like what his, that he had been a wounded deer. And like, you know, I learned a little bit more about what was happening with other people around the room. And that was cool just to see what was going on with other folks. And then so came back for the second night and my intention was show me the source of my addiction, like why I'm using this to soothe and help me let go of the dependencies in my life. And I was specifically thinking about smoking cannabis, but also just more generally in terms of like chemical and technology dependencies that are so prevalent in modern life. Anything from Diet Red Bull to... Your phone. Exactly. Yeah. So I was amped the second night. I took my cup, you know, with everyone else. I was feeling it sooner, which they say is common. They're like, yeah, the first night kind of opens the portal. Most people were both nights, but the people that came... Like if I were just going to do one night again, I'd do the second night. You know, because it is already kind of ripping a little bit. And you're like, yeah, the vibe is right. (laughs) (laughs) Like I just dived into my intention right away. I was feeling groovy, but I was also like, we're here to work. Okay. Classic Cokes. (laughs) (laughs) So I started immediately. I was like, how are we going to conquer these addictions? And I started going into this whole, I was like, okay, maybe we're going to go to the Jerry Seinfeld school of comedy except we're going to do that for weed smoking maybe we're going to get a calendar we're going to mark off every day you don't do it da 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 <laughs> you know like i had a whole i had a whole fucking thing like i'm going to do this i'm going to do this i'm going to do this i'm going to heal my lungs i'm going to heal my throat my body ba 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 so but then i was like okay maybe too much work is what you're doing right now <laughs> so i was like <laughs> let's put a pin in that <laughs> We're going to remember the calendar, but we'll come back to that when after we've been through more of the experience. So that was good, just like letting go of my neuroticism, which is one of the things that apparently ayahuasca is good at, is uh, neuroticism, you know, on the personality chart, the like five qualities 
five personality tendencies, it is known to, or it has been shown in studies to decrease neuroticism, which I was like, hell yeah. A sister could use that. Amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, when we were going around at the beginning of the second night sharing intentions, you know, I shared mine and then the guy who had been in the white tights, the white shorts and the white shirt who was with the mm-hmm. girl dancing in the white linen dress. He was like, I want to be luminous, magnetic and integrated. And I chuckled <laughs> to myself. <laughs> but this is what was so He's funny. He's not wrong. I mean, but amazing. I know. But I was like in my head laughing at him a little bit, if I'm being honest. Right. I was like, what a chode. <laughs> and then... The thing is, I went down to the bathroom later and I ran into him, but previously we had been upstairs, everybody had been in the room and I was kind of like waking up from, you know, there are so many moments to this six hour experience, but I was like, I don't know, waking up from an early part of it and the music was going and we were all kind of grooving in our own worlds. And I look over and he's standing like an A-frame house like a Superman pose. He just looked like a white Superman and he looked fucking luminous. <laughs> and I was like, this dude fucking fulfilled his intention. <laughs> Sit downstairs. <laughs> I was like, hey, I just have to tell you, you looked luminous upstairs and you should know that. <laughs> and he was like, oh my God, thank you so much. <laughs> That's was, so cute. He was beaming. It was so cute. I was like, you know, who am I to make fun of this dude for wanting to be luminous? He's luminous. It's great. <laughs> That's the thing. You can't go to one of these things and be like judging everybody there. Exactly. Like everybody there is being a seeker. And if you're right, like next to them being like, oh, your thing is stupid. Like, and all of you are just there feeding off of each other's energy. Like, that's not cool. But I understand all of us have that temptation. Like, I'm not better than that is what I'm saying. Totally. But it was such a great, it was like the medicine reminding me, like, you don't have to be an asshole. (laughs) That was the other beautiful thing about it is because you do go into it with, like, I went into it with my human shell, right? And all my flaws that I have and whatever. And it was so amazing, especially the second night to like, I said this at the end because we did kind of an informal sharing circle, not like a official one. And we were all just still coming down at the end. But I was like, you know, what was so amazing is I noticed everybody's individual special qualities as the night was happening and the way that they would just like pop in and be part of the chorus was profoundly beautiful. And I feel like I am a noticer of what is special about people and I love to connect people based on that, but I maybe not always like effusive about, it depends on the circumstance about what I'm noticing about when it comes to other people like that. And it was just really nice to be reconnected with that of like, oh, everybody's so special. And that's another thing that I thought in the moment of like, you know, my grandma was one of these recurring themes of my weekend. And what was so wonderful about her is that was one of her best qualities is she understood what was special about everyone and she made them feel that way. 
And that's why 200 people came to her funeral and she was 88. (laughs) You know, like that's a good way to be. And it was just a nice reminder. Wow. That's, I, I love that. Yeah. That's incredible. If you make pleasure a priority in your life, your sexual health should also be top of mind. Knowing your STD status protects you and your partners. And now you can discreetly test at home with EverlyWell. That's right. EverlyWell offers affordable at-home lab tests that give you trusted physician-reviewed results. And you can choose from a bunch of tests, including food sensitivity, metabolism, sleep and stress, thyroid, and so much more. But the one we're especially excited for, obviously, since we care about sex, is the SCD test. And the SCD test discreetly allows you to test for seven types of STDs, all from the privacy of your own home. Dude, in my single days, I would have been so, so psyched about the STD test. I actually got the food sensitivity test, but I love this. So here's how it works. Everly Well ships your test straight to your door with everything you need for a super simple sample collection. Then you return the test to a CLIA certified lab with their prepaid shipping label. Then your physician-reviewed results and insights are sent to your device in just a few days. I just did it. I just got a food sensitivity test and I am awaiting the results and I can't wait for them to come in. It's no wonder over 1 million people have trusted Everly Well with their at-home lab testing. And of course, privates, you know we're here to hook you up. For listeners of the show, Everly Well is offering a special discount of 20% off an at-home lab test at everlywell.com slash private. That's everlywell.com slash private for 20% off your at-home lab test. Everlywell.com slash private. Do you think that you got your answer as to the addiction question? Um, I, yes, I did. I totally did feel like I got the answer and it wasn't, it was almost as fully formed as the message I got the first night, but maybe the path to get there was like a little more sprawling or like uh, my amount of meditating on it was a little more sprawling the second night. Cause you know, I'd like started with my, (laughs) my game plan with a calendar. (laughs) Well, can you, do you feel comfortable taking us through that? Uh, It's a little, I'm not going to remember all of the pieces to it, but basically where I landed was, you know, because it's natural to feel a little angry with yourself for like, why did you let it get like this? Or why have you been dependent on this thing? Or like, what's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And when that came up, I was like, oh no, it wasn't this negative, bad thing. Like you probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't for cannabis. Like you found cannabis because you are a curious little spirit and you were in a, it was like just such a gentle realization. It was like you were in a little small town and you tried to find everything that you could. That It makes me like emotional. You tried to find like everything that you could that would show you what the rest of the world was like, you know? That's why like I wanted to be an actor to be in touch with all these other possibilities that were out there. And like one of the things that I found was cannabis that like just made me feel like I could escape a little bit 
enough to leave in a way. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it totally does. Ultimately, I was like, your your curiosity is like what's beautiful about you. And but you don't, you know, it led you to other things and like you don't need this anymore. Like you can let it go. That's that's amazing, dude. <laughs> it was really lovely. And I think in that same kind of vein, I was able to make peace with all these previous versions of myself, right? Because like, it's embarrassing to think about yourself at different stages in your life. Oh, I frequently want to die when I remember myself earlier on. Oh my God. Or sometimes you'll just remember a thing that you said before you knew better or something. Oh, all the time, yeah. But it allowed me to understand the source of like why I was like how I was at each of those stages and like realize the parts of it that helped me and like forgive myself for the other parts and like understand that that allowed me to grow and be better. And that's why I'm not like that. You know, it's like that Joan Didion quote that I, that I've always loved And it goes, I think we're well advised to keep on nodding terms with the people we used to be, whether we find them attractive company or not. Otherwise, they turn up unannounced and surprise us, come hammering on the mind's door at 4 a.m. of a bad night and demand to know who deserted them, who betrayed them, who's going to make amends. I just was like, you don't have to deny the past versions of yourself or like try to forget them. This is what I kept thinking. Everything that came before is beautiful. I feel like such a loony tune right now. But everything that came before is so beautiful and so valuable and not to be denied. And like that applies to ancestral ties. It applies to versions of ourselves. It applies to the earth. Just like everything. It's like, and now we go forward and we go forward together. We don't go forward with like this pretend version that there wasn't a history with. Like, no, everything in the past is okay. And if you make peace with that, you can go forward like better than you could otherwise. I mean, I'm speechless. These are all really, (laughs) these are all incredible. Uh, (laughs) I don't know realizations, I guess. I feel like it's almost like you had not the same realizations, but in the similar realm that I had uh, when I like finally got over like cancer. I thought that, Sophia. But you did I thought not, that, but I thought you that did during the not trip. have cancer. You just <laughs> threw up one time. So I feel kind of low-key mad about it. <laughs> I did have that thought at one point. I was like, yeah, maybe Sophia doesn't need this as much because cancer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <laughs> It doesn't really work that way. It's not like suddenly the cancer has really made you just a good person. But it's helpful if you do take something from it that's not like bitterness or anger or negativity or feeling fucked. Because I did ultimately feel grateful after, but it took a while to get there. Yeah. Well, I think this is like a plant. I mean, it's not a fast track. I don't want to oversell it as because, again, it's not a panacea, but it is a tool 
I think it's a very valuable tool. And in terms of like that, just what we were just talking about, about just like moving forward and like kind of the nature of evolution, that was such an interesting theme because at the beginning, again, set and setting, so important because all these little clues and cues that you get are going to influence your experience. And so the guy who gave the little orientation at the beginning when he was running through everything, he was talking about intentions and he said, you know, one time I asked, where did humans come from? And he was like, I got, we made ourselves. He's like, this is, that's the short version, but you know, that was ultimately where I landed. And he's like, and I think that's right. Like that is how evolution works. Like we did make ourselves in a way. And I was so struck by that, that I kept coming back to it during my trip. And it became especially a prevalent theme the second night. And it even came with a dance move (laughs) of like digging up is what I'm calling it. And it looks like digging towards the sky, right? (laughs) Yes. And it is a symbol for evolution, but also combined with kind of like what I was thinking about in terms of my personal gifts. This kind of ties into, you know, before I went, we had a conversation about intentions, you and I, yeah. Right. And we were talking about, you were like, what was your question? You asked two questions. And I was you like, go, well, what should I, <laughs> what should I set my intention to? And I said, well, do you want me to tell you what I think you should set your intention to, or what I think you will set your intention to? And I said, well, both. And then you were duh, like, well, how duh. can I resist? <laughs> <laughs> Why'd you offer two options? And I was like, I dug myself into a hole with that one, didn't I? And you were like, yes. And what I said was, you know, I hope that the intention that you set is for you to essentially become more open. Well, you were like more holistic. Yeah, more of a whole person, I guess, is what I said. Yeah. More holistic. Yeah. And like less of a workaholic is what you were talking about. Yeah, that's what I meant. I meant like open up areas of your life that are not work so that you become a more holistic person. And then I said, what I think you're going to wish for is for uh, a success or for inspiration for like your next project. (laughs) And then tell me what you said. Which is not what I did. I said, you know, I had the work thing come to me as like a secondary or like later thought that I had just like, oh, is it a mistake if this isn't about career stuff? And it totally isn't. But that was never my initial thing at all because actually what I am working on. And I feel like what I've been working on kind of since we went to Belize and like kind of since the pandemic hit a peak for me personally. And this relates to to what I was just talking about is with this digging up thing and my personal gifts and whatever is just that like the work isn't the thing. Like this is not an egoic pursuit. That's not even what I'm trying to do. And if I really was trying to do it for the ego, I feel like I would be pursuing it differently anyway. Like all the projects that I try to do are like heart work. I feel like I'm trying to understand the world better and I'm trying to like share that with other people. That's really at the core of what I want to do. I can meld my like curiosity and like 
super love for life and passion for possibility. That's what I want to do is, is like share messages that I think are important. And like, that's the work and the work isn't about external things at all. And that's not like something that came to me and I just realized it. It's been something that I've been stewing on and already kind of thinking about anyway, but it was definitely um, made more clear to me. I was like, oh, yes, that's not a huge tweak for you. That's like a small, subtle shift that you just need to, it's not something you don't know. Do you know what I mean? It's something you're kind of already trying to do. And it just locked it in a little bit more for me. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of what it's like, what the point of psychedelics is anyway. The answers are all inside us. Mm -hmm. Exactly. You're not really taking ayahuasca because you're thinking that, you know, you're going to get something that doesn't already exist within you. You're just trying to unlock those things that you might have blocks on while you're completely conscious. So hopefully ayahuasca and or any other psychedelic opens those rooms that you thought were locked, but they're not. And like now you get to open the door. It's it's pretty cool. Yeah. I talked to one guy after who said that he had healed his PTSD in two and a half years based on his doing ceremonies. So, I mean, it really can change your life. But then he was like integrating with talk therapy in between and, you know, it's an ongoing process. Still pretty incredible. One guy there had, his friend had committed suicide earlier in the day and he was kind of like trying to come to terms with that. But by the earlier end- Earlier that day? Yeah. Jesus Christ. But he actually, it seemed like he wound up in a much better place when he left and was able to kind of like understand the root of it. And obviously you feel like, what could I have done? Or, you know, yeah. what? But he, so that was kind of informed his experience. I thought about my brother. Um, and then I thought about you, Sophia. Cokes. Tell me everything. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I wanted to record with you on Sunday because I was like, she's not going to get the same monologue if we wait. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so sorry. And now it's Tuesday. I'm getting shit, huh? <laughs> um, I had just watched the Get Back documentary in its entirety, which is the Beatles documentary, that three-part HBO series, which if you haven't watched it, it's on amazing. HBO. It's amazing. So I thought of that at times. And it kind of like braided in with my thoughts about you. I mean, we've talked about them before and just, just like duos that. Yeah. Just people who have like a, a specific connection when they work together. That's kind of like a mind meld you don't find with other people. Yes. So I just very much was feeling that. And I feel like, you know, because of the pandemic, it's been, and I wasn't even thinking about the pandemic during this experience, but you know, like we used to work together like every day or mm -hmm. almost every day. And anyway, I still feel as connected to you, even though it's not quite like that anymore. And I just want to keep making music with you. So. <laughs> okay. But can we get George back in the van? <laughs> <laughs> we were texting about which of our dogs is which of the other two members. Sometimes they thought they were the only two members in the band, though, so. <laughs> I mean, I got to say, Ringo can have whatever he wants, and 
George needs a hug. George does need a hug. No, they're, listen, we're not the Beatles, but we're- No, it just, it's fun to glean a lot from the creative process of other people because you normally don't get to see behind closed doors like that. It's like so voyeuristic. It's like truly more intimate than porn. Yeah, and just about the whole band, I was just thinking like, man, they maybe didn't even realize like that was the last, them playing on the roof at the end of that documentary was like- the end of them playing together of them making this beautiful music together like it was just so incredible that they got to do that together and like maybe they didn't appreciate it for like what it's worth and maybe you can't appreciate everything for what it's worth in the moment maybe some of that has to creep in later and that's okay but like it is great to acknowledge in the moment how awesome things are and I was like I hope there are so many more years of that with you. And I also hope that I don't take any of it for granted. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful lesson. I I feel the same way. I feel like we got to pay more attention to the now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Well, that was incredible. (laughs) Yeah, that was a great takeaway. Oh, this was hilarious. So there was the guy to my left who was sort of my North Star during a lot of it because he had these like Where's Waldo pants. They were <laughs> they were <laughs> rainbow colored <laughs> Where's Waldo pants, basically. I was like, amazing, love it. So I, whenever I would be like, he was just like a signpost for me. I was like, oh, he's over there. Oh, he's over there. There's the Where's Waldo pants. Anyway, I was being really, I was drumming on myself. I was like... <laughs> And it was annoying him because the song had changed, the vibe had changed, whatever. And he goes, hey, Courtney. And I go, what? And he was like, can you stop doing that? I I just want to hear the music. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, sometimes I can't help it, but I'm going to (laughs) try. And it was just so, I didn't feel bad after it happened. I was like, oh, He just told me I was being annoying so gently that it didn't even hurt my feelings. (laughs) And I was like, everyone should have that quality. And I said that at the share at the end. Oh, I know my ego is not fixed because I got laughs during the share circle. (laughs) And I was like, fuck yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe just uh, maybe take that merry-go-round another time. I don't know. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, I got the most laughs during the sharing circle. And I was like, who hurt you? (laughs) That should be your next intention. (laughs) (laughs) So funny. Oh, my God. Thank you for sticking with me, privates. Your girl's going through a big change, and she was brave enough to let us in on that experience. Thanks for sharing, Cokes. Yeah, you're welcome. You know, I have another experience planned in the next couple months, which I'm really excited about having another chance to interact with the medicine. And the integration process, I have to say now, being like another week and a half out, is really interesting. There have been ways that my just regular self has tried to go back on some of the things that I discovered during my ayahuasca ceremony and then some 
more internal part of myself or subconscious part of myself rears its ugly head and is like, no, remember the stuff that we learned during the ceremony? We're doing that. (laughs) It's really interesting. Are you referring to weed and abstaining? I'm referring to weed and alcohol and sugar-free Red Bull, like my trifecta of I mean, it's not like I'm doing Coke, but, you know, my little. (laughs) It's kind of like Coke (laughs) when you like are mainlining Red Bull like that. (laughs) I know. I almost think Red Bull's the most serious one of all of them. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I think it's way worse for you. Like the way that it gets my heart going and my anxiety sometimes I'm like, no bueno. But anyway, I've tried to be like, you know what? We'll just make some chill rules and you can do it this much and yada, yada. And there's part of me, the part of me inside that remembers the ayahuasca experience that is like, no, 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 no. And it's almost like I'll have like a mini confrontation with myself. That's like almost like a minor anxiety that comes up where it's like me trying to come to terms with that dissonance and it's keeping me honest. So I'm really grateful for that. That's really cool. Yeah. So excited for the next episode of Mind Trip. We are talking with Jesse Jarno, who is a very cool psychedelics journalist and head. He's actually the author of Heads, a biography of psychedelic America. So really cool conversation with him and perspective of someone who's been covering this for a long time and kind of been in the culture for a long time and and how he views the modern psychedelics renaissance is really interesting. Yeah, I really love that interview. I love the way that he just like connects everything so perfectly. Just you can really tell a historian's touch. So yeah, stay tuned for that. And make sure you stay tuned, Privates, because we have... A Private Parts Unknown episode about vibrators coming up just in time for Valentine's Day. That's right. We are doing a History of Vibrators episode, which is pretty tight. So tune in. Hey, Sophia, what's that bomb-ass music? This music is by our bomb-ass friend, Amy Roche. You should check her music out on our website. It's amyraasch.com. This episode was mixed by Mike Castaneda from Plastic Audio. Michael, be our friend forever. Mike. And oh my goodness, if you've seen our new Mind Trip logo, how dope is that? It's by Giselle Bates. You can find her on Instagram at Giselle Bates, and we will link her in the episode description. Seriously, the art looks dope. And now it's time for the review of the week. We got a new review. This is from Hellraiser. Hellraiser has given us like three fucking five-star reviews, and we're so grateful. Thank you, Hellraiser. Here's the latest. More like heaven razor, am I right? (laughs) Amen. Thank you, angel. (laughs) Dad jokes. Um. (laughs) So here's the latest review from Hellraiser. So important and timely. Thank you for the abortion monologues. It was beautiful and so lovingly produced. Oh, thank you. That's... A really beautiful compliment. 
We appreciate that. It it was a slog to put that one together, but you just earned your wings, am I right? Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'll produce the whole show where you could just riff on the roof. Pick up your halo, huh? You <laughs> dropped it, am I right? <laughs> she needs to get her wings clipped. Okay, let's I need help. <laughs> Privates, in between episodes, you can follow along to us on the social meds. If you need more stupid jokes like this, you can follow the show at Private Parts Unknown on Instagram and Facebook, Private Parts Un on Twitter. I am at Courtney Kosak, K O C A K, everywhere. <laughs> Where are you, nerd? And I am. <laughs> And I am at the Sophia, S-O-F-I-Y-A, on Twitter and Instagram. And there will definitely not be those kind of jokes there. (laughs) There will be other... (laughs) I'll disappoint you in other ways, I promise. (laughs) But it won't be that way. (laughs) All right, privates. We'll be back with another episode about Bye, Brady.